Welcome to Ablaze Ministries International Podcast. We are the youth and young adults of Hope Church Brisbane. For more information about our ministries, weekly gatherings and activities, please visit our website at www.ablaze.org.au. And right now, get ready for an inspiring message and start living out your God-given potential today. Dr. Caleb and Dr. Mary. Okay, and um, they just came back from Cambodia. Do you guys have a good time? Yes? Look at those candles. Oh, wow. And um, so basically tonight I asked them to come and share of the experiences um, during the trip, uh, mission trip to Cambodia. Give them a hand. Come on. Cool, cool. Hi, guys. So good to be back. It's, um, yeah. We really, really missed a blaze, and actually, um, it was pretty cool because uh, I think it was it was it last week when Torch I think prayed for us during a blaze. Was that last week or the week before? Um, anyway, Justin was being naughty. I can say this because he's not here today, and he was actually recording it and streaming it to me on my phone. I was like, "That's so cool," because we were in our hotel room, and I got this WhatsApp from Justin. He's like, "They're praying about you right now." So um, that was that was really cool. We felt a really part of a blaze, um, but we couldn't talk back because it was like a one-way streaming thing. Um, we've got some photos um, to show. Um, I'm gonna, I'm the photos person, and Mary's actually going to share the real stuff. So uh <laughs> um, we went to Cambodia. Uh, for those of you who don't know where Cambodia is, um, it's sort of situated um, in Asia. If you have a look up the top is China, but then you, you get Laos below, Thailand, Vietnam, and Cambodia sort of sort of in the middle there. Um, a bit about Cambodia's past. Cambodia has actually been through quite a lot as a nation. Uh, it, it, it's been quite a broken nation in the past. Um, if you don't actually know, uh, in the late 70s, about a third of the entire population got wiped out um, because they were literally just killed by the government. It's kind of like what happened in um, Nazi Germany. So from something as horrific as that, um, it's a country that's just been slowly and slowly rebuilding. Um, so we visited... Um, I went to Cambodia last year, and this year I thought it'd be great um, to bring Mary along, um, and, and we both, you know, just going there to be a blessing, but also learning so much about um, just the people there and, and what people actually go through outside Australia, because I know about you guys, but um, I've lived in Australia for most of my life, and it's, I mean, we have our ups and downs, we have our first world problems, it's like, oh no, I ran out of hot water today, and like, had a cold shower, and my life is over. Um, but, like, guys over there, like, you know, some of the guys, like, battle through, like, you know, like, poverty and uh, hunger and, and, you know, just things, uh, just they need to survive, like, on a day-to-day basis. So, um, yeah, uh, we learned a, a lot of things when we are over there. If we just flick to the next picture, I can't remember. This is um, Phnom Penh. Uh, it's a part of Phnom Penh, which is the capital city. Uh, and and I guess one of the hallmarks of a, of a, of a third-world country is that there's the really rich and there's the really poor as well, and not a lot of people in between. Um, this probably isn't the best picture, but there are actually a, a couple of high-rises in Phnom Penh now, um, which, is, which looks really, really weird because around them is just slums. And if you look on the roads as well, you get like, you know, Lexuses and BMW X5s and Mercedes-Benz, and among them is like a sea of bikes and tuk-tuks. And, and it's just so weird just seeing this massive contrast and, and not seeing anything in between. And, and it's, it really, really is bizarre. So, yeah, that's sort of like the slum area. If we go to the next picture, 
Um, this is the team that we went with. Um, we went with a, 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 a group of dentists and, and some other staff as well. And um, we teamed up. Um, actually, there was a bit of a mix-up. We were supposed to team up with, a, with an organization called One to One, which Mary will talk about in a second. Um, but there was a bit of a mix-up, so we didn't actually get to do a lot of the stuff that they did. But it still worked out because we ended up uh, sort of, yeah, working things out on the fly. So it was a pretty good learning experience. But, yeah, um, Ben, um, who's the Kenyan guy on the uh, bottom left-hand side, um, is actually um, sponsored by Ross, who's the oldest guy there with a the beard, um, who's a dentist from Brisbane who basically has been orga organising these trips for quite a while. And um, Ben was there to, um, to learn about missions because he wants to be a missionary uh, back in Kenya as well. And, and basically what Ross does, he actually um, he pays for Ben's staff back in Kenya to help him run a, a dental clinic over there because I guess he couldn't really afford it on his own and they get donations. And one of the amazing things about talking to Ben was, um, you know, he's, from, he's not even from Nairobi in Kenya, he's actually from the sticks in Kenya. And um, you'd expect, like, out in the middle of Kenya, nowhere, dentistry, you know, you'd probably get, like, the most basic of things. But Ben gets a lot of donations from, like, Australians, from Americans, from Canadians. So he, we're explaining, like, we're talking about procedures, and we're both dentists, so, like, you know, this and that. And, and he was, like, using all the latest equipment and, like, magnification and, and all this crazy stuff. I'm like, dude, that's, like, more advanced than what I use on the Gold Coast. And, like, we're charging, like, probably 15 times what you charge, you know, in the sticks of Kenya. And he's like, yeah, well, I guess that's sort of what the world is like. And that's, it, that was, it's kind of like a reality hit to me. And that's sort of like the distribution of wealth sort of around the world as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're doing exactly the same thing, different parts of the world, yet he's struggling to make ends meet. And here we are living, um, uh, I guess, luxury. But, yeah, that was our team. Um, uh, Robert Yee, who's the guy in between Mary, and Ross, uh, up the back. <laughs> Mary's just sort of snuck in that photo there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's actually, um, he's a long, are you going to talk about Robert, Mary? You know, oh okay. Um, he's, um, he's a long-time missionary, um, and he was uh, in Nepal for 12 years. Basically, he had a really successful practice in Canada. Um, he, he basically talked about how rich he was. His testimony to us was the first 15 minutes, just talking about how rich he was. And it was actually quite <laughs> offensive because it was to a bunch of Cambodians as well, and they're sitting there thinking, like, like, this is just craziness. Like, he was a very rich man. Um, but he basically one day just, um, God just really challenged him. And um, he, he put down his tools, he sold his practice, and he moved his family to Nepal, and they were there for over 12 years. Um, and now he's back in Singapore, which is, uh, is that where he grew up? Or what's his connection to Singapore? He's from Singapore? Yeah. Um, so he's, he's originally from Singapore, moved to Canada when he was very young. Uh, now he's back in Singapore for a little bit, helping out at the dental school. But basically, he just said, uh, I'm going to go back home to Canada for a little bit, and then, you know, I'm X amount of years old. He didn't actually tell us how old he was, but I'm open for where God's going to send me next. And, yeah, it's just amazing seeing these guys that are so sold out for God. Um, and um, below us in between is Shuan, who's a dentist from Melbourne. Um, if we go to the next slide. Oh, yeah, I just took this picture because that's a tuk-tuk. So it's a, it's a motorbike connected to a, um, a, a carriage. And it's really, really fun. Quite dangerous, actually, um, because uh, afterwards we actually heard that there have been a lot of accidents with motorbikes and tuk-tuks in Cambodia. But uh, uh, that was our driver, and he drove us around every day. And he had a, if you have a look at his cap, it's a Hello Kitty cap. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's very stylish, very metro. But, no, he was really, really cool. Um, and he, he drove us around everywhere. If we go to the next slide. Uh, this is, um, we, we visited um, an orphanage. Are you going to share about this orphanage? Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> we uh, should have consulted with each other what we we're going to share. Um, this is an orphanage um, uh, basically set up by a, a number of organizations. Um, it's sort of like a joint effort. And basically, all those kids have been orphaned um, because their parents died of HIV. Um, so most of those kids have HIV. Uh, so it's really, really sad because their life expectancies are quite short as well. But um, the amazing thing uh, with these guys is when we walked in, they were singing um, B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O, being all Aboriginal. And like they know a lot of these other English songs. So actually from a very young age, they teach these kids English, which is a big thing in a country like Cambodia because um, often now nowadays they're relying a lot more on um, you know the Western world to support them. And without English, it's it's quite difficult to sort of to get anywhere or to get ahead. So um, they're actually teaching these kids English from a very young age, so it's really, really encouraging. And if you have a look, um, it actually says Jesus loves, and then they write their own names. One of the kids um, drew a picture of Sai doing the Gangnam Style thing, which was really creative. It looked really good, and this kid's like five, and I'm like, is that Gangnam Style? And he's like, yeah, and I'm like, that's so weird. Um, uh, anyways, if we go to the next slide. Um, oh, yeah, and they... Um, uh, Cambodia is a largely Buddhist country, about 80 to 90% of the population is Buddhist. Um, but yeah, these kids are actually taught, um, so it's run by, um, 121 is one of the organizations that help to run it. Um, so um, they employ one of the staff to look after the kids, who's a Christian, so they actually teach the kids, um, like, uh, they do like a Sunday school for the kids and they get them to pray as well before each meal. And it's so funny because I've memorized the prayer and they sort of chant it in unison. And it's so funny. It's just like going back to school in Australia because all the boys are just like, and all girls go, yes, and Jesus, well, in, in their own language. But it's so funny because like, the girls are like out there like praying their loudest and the guys are just carrying back. But um, it's like, yeah, nothing changes really. Um, if we go to the next slide. Um, are you going to share about bling? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, Mary's got. Uh, I'm just showing photos. Mary's got the the crux of what of what we learnt. Um, basically, this is a uh, this is a cafe, and um, yeah, um, the the girls who work there have actually been rescued from um, sex trafficking, and it's a really sensitive topic um, because I guess their identity is 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 quite important uh, to protect their identity because if they get found out, the police could come after them. Yeah, Mary actually ended up treating one of the girls, or a couple of the girls actually, um, in the dental chair. So I think she'll share a bit about that. But um, yeah, they actually empower the girls um, who are then rescued. I mean, you can rescue someone and you just say, okay, you're free. And then they'll be like, where to now? But they they provide them housing, they give them an education, they give them a job and they give them life skills. So like making cupcakes. I mean, these cupcakes um, sell for probably, you know, five times more than what the average um, Cambodian like patisserie would charge because they're actually made really well. They're delicious. Um, they don't just, you know, teach them whatever, but they actually really, really teach them like uh, a spirit of excellence as well. So it's really awesome what, um, yeah, these guys have done uh, with Bloom Cafe. That's actually set up by one of the churches in Brisbane. Um, if we go to the next slide. Um, that's Mary sitting down in front of International University. <laughs> um, uh, a bit of what we did in Cambodia, I mean, we went there to learn about the third world to treat patients, um, but we also went there to actually impart the university as well and I guess for a developing country like Cambodia uh, where they really need a lot of support is uh, their education system and I mean we're dentists so we can teach dentistry um, uh, we can also you know impart um, in 
terms of what we know about Jesus and things like that as well. But um, I think there was, it is a great need uh, in the dental school, for example, of, of good teaching. Um, so if we go to the next slide, uh, Mary supervising some of the students over there. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool because uh, all those three girls, including Mary, about the same height. <laughs> uh, and if we go to the... <laughs> Yeah, actually, at first, I don't, I don't think they got that Mary was a supervisor, that it, so they didn't listen to her. Mary would be like, can you come here so that, like, they would listen to me? <laughs> um, I met a, a, a Kiwi, uh, the head of 121 is a, is, a, is a Kiwi guy, but I met a, another Kiwi guy who's a lecturer there, and um, we had a chat, actually, and uh, he basically said, well, actually, I first had a rant, because we were told to lecture there and give a lecture, so I gave a lecture, and I found it really, really hard because they didn't understand what I was talking about. They were disinterested, and they just didn't want to learn. Um, so the second time I lectured, I, I gave two lectures, and the second time I lectured, I almost put down my notes, and I basically said, right, I've got 30 slides I want to share. I'm pretty sure that most of it's going to be like, woof, so here are four points, and let's just go over these four points for like, I think it took me like 45 minutes. I was only allowed 20 minutes, so I went like 20 minutes over time. But I was using my arms to like, you know, show like this is the nerve and this is like, uh, and they kind of got it, I think. And I drew pictures and, and afterwards, you know, um, they were kind of like, oh, that was really good because you actually bothered to teach us, whereas people haven't really done that in the past. And so I was having this rant to this Kiwi guy who um, is a lecturer and, and he was just basically like, that's exactly right. Like we need people who have a good education, so from like Western countries, to come over and, and to teach these kids and to actually you know, care enough to make sure that these kids are learning, not, you know, uh, unfortunately a lot of the Cambodian guys there, I mean, they're all well and good, but they come and they teach and they, they want to get their check and they just leave, you know, to tick off a thing that they've done. And they really need uh, people with a great education to, to actually sit down and teach them. So uh, what this guy, Phil Sussex, is doing is amazing. He's been there for six years and he's basically dedicating his time. He's a Christian as well. Um, but he's not so heavily involved with, uh, like, church ministry, but he really, his ministry basically is just to, um, yeah, up the curriculum for oral surgery and just to teach these kids. And it was amazing because um, seeing one of the guys there um, was a student. He was probably doing more crazy extraction procedures than I was. He was pulling out these crazy wisdom teeth, right? And I was like, where did you learn how to do that? And he was like, oh, you know, so-and-so told me. And I'm like, that's the guy who I talked to. And, um, that, you know, and that kind of stuff sticks. And they know when, you know, like there's a good teacher and, and, and they'll literally, they'll lap it up. And if somebody cares enough to teach these guys, like they're willing to learn. So um, it's just so amazing how just so little uh, in a country like that can, can go so far. And, and, and what Torch was sharing about, you know, with missions, you know, missions is something that, um, yeah, we want to have a, a lasting effect and a propagating effect as well, not just a going out and, and, and go out for two weeks, so, which Mary will share a bit more about later. Um, so that's me lecturing. I think that was the first one when nobody paid attention. This is pretty cool. This is me and Mary slacking off, if you have a look in the top left. <laughs> Somebody else took a photo of that, so I thought I'd... Um, no, but it was cool. I think um, Shuen took this photo, and it was actually of one of the students. The students are in the um, orange gowns, um, teaching the little kids um, how to brush their teeth, so that was pretty cute. Um, if we go... Uh, I normally hate durian, but now I officially think durian's pretty cool. Yeah. Lisa's like, I have converted him. Um, if you don't know what durian is, it stinks. It smells like, I don't know, it's really bad. But if you open it up, it's, it's actually really nice. So, um, yeah, um, durian's great. Sorry, I don't know why I showed that. Um, another really cool thing uh, about what um, 
uh, about our trip was we actually stayed with some of the students. So uh, Mary and I, you know, Mary and I, and the other three are basically Cambodian students. And uh, I think Mary's going to share a bit about what One to One does, but it empowers these students basically just to, to rise up. So it's awesome. Um, that's another one of us just uh, goofing off on one of our last nights. Um, oh, that stuff down the bottom. I think that, is that longan? Long, longan? Longan? It gives you diarrhea, don't eat it. Yeah. It's the only time I got sick was when I ate that stuff, so don't. Um, if you see the Caucasian people in that picture, they're actually um, uh, uh, students from Townsville. They're actually up there. It just so happened that we were there as well. Um, so, yeah, we hung out with those guys. They're dental students from Townsville, and we helped to sort of supervise them as well while we're at it. Uh, go to the next slide. Church. Uh, we also went to church then. It was amazing because it was kind of like, it was a little bit like being in a blaze if you closed your eyes because uh, uh, half the songs they sung were uh, the songs that we sing here but just translated in Khmer, which is the Cambodian language, which is really, really cool. And, um, yeah, just, you know, like um, speaking to some of the guys and, you know, some of the preachers that, you know, we, like we listen to on podcasts and stuff, and, you know, same guys. So it was really amazing. Um, very similar church to us, you know, people not afraid to just put up their hands, just worship God freely and, and actually free worship just went for ages. But the, the awesome thing is, like, you don't need uh, necessarily, uh, you know, like words to tell you that, you know, God is here. You know, you, you know when the presence of God is there and people worshiping God wholeheartedly. So that was awesome. The guy who's lifting up his hands on the right is actually my age and he's a doctor. And, um, yeah, um, sort of became pretty good friends with him. And um, he's just totally sold out for God because he was one of the guys who went through the one-to-one -one program. So he's from a really poor background. They put him through uni, and, and now he's um, part of the church plant team. He's um, involved in medical missions around his province. So he's basically, yeah, an effective local missionary. And it's about as effective as they get. Yeah, so um, it, it's really, really cool. It's just that the drama, it was so funny because being part of the worship team, the drama was always off, and I was just like, <laughs> But it was really, really, it was, but the encouraging thing was, like, the whole band would, like, sort of just work together, and they, they wouldn't flinch, and they would just keep going. So that was just, that was so awesome. And they were so encouraging of him as well. So And then afterwards, I was like, yeah, I don't care because we're worshiping God. So it was, it was really, really awesome. But it was, it was quite funny because I don't think he actually knew. Um, and if you go to the next slide, um, this is one of the um, houses, actually, that one of um, the uh, dental nurses, the Cambodian dental nurses, lived in. She was actually born in that house um, in, in the rural uh, pro the provincial areas. And if you go to the next slide. This is one of the schools that Mary and I volunteered in to do dental work. It was about two hours out from where we were. If we go to the next slide, um, the kids lining up to see us. Most of them really didn't want to be there. Um, if we go to the next slide, Mary working. Uh, if you have a look, um, Mary's um, bracket table is a plastic chair. Uh, her dental unit is uh, about the size of a suitcase. And you can actually buy those on eBay, I, I found. Uh, and the chair is just like a, just a random chair. So... It was, it was pretty hard working, and <laughs> I think uh, we both got a little bit, you know, uh, it was really hot as well, so it, it was a bit re really good learning experience, though, working in conditions like that. Um, met a dentist from Perth uh, doing a similar thing, um, so we just sort of bumped into him, we're like, hey, so decided to work together. That's where Mary and I, that was, so we had three chairs going, and that was the extraction chair, so we literally just had a plastic chair and a, and a bucket to spit in tools in our hands and uh, well if you want to know when you're pulling teeth out you actually need a headrest because otherwise you sort of you know uh, anyways uh, they had no headrest so I had to use my chest as a headrest so the head was on my chest and I was pulling my teeth out of 
really surreal experience. Um, uh, if we go to the next slide, we also, um, uh, so Ross's wife, the bearded guy, um, his wife is a, is a nurse, but she was actually teaching English um, in one of these schools as well. Um, and there was, a, there was a guy there, um, he's a Cambodian guy, he's a teacher, but he basically teaches uh, children in the slums for free English because he knows that, you know, this is going to help to empower them as well. I've got to wrap up. Okay, sorry. Um, so that's the kids learning English. Uh, that's our team having fun, street food. Our team again. Ben's a really big guy. Uh, he's a big Kenyan guy. And if we go to the next slide, I think that is the next slide. That's the last slide. Okay. I'll pass the time on to Mary. Um, but Mary's basically going to share about, um, yeah, I guess the crux of what we learnt and, and the importance of, of actually knowing about missions as well. So. Um, yeah, so I'll just be really quick. Um, so in that picture you see a lot of students there. So um, they're actually the residents of uh, one of the houses in 121 um, Cambodia. So 121 um, Cambodia is a not-for-profit Christian organization and basically they help to um, provide medical and dental needs um, for, you know, um, poor people, you know, people with HIV, people in prison, um, yeah, just for people who are marginalized and um, they also provide um, residential houses um, where, you know, people from, you know, children from poor backgrounds can come into the houses, be sponsored and um, they can in turn um, receive an education so that they can study. So these children are... Um, these kids are really bright, but um, because they don't have any money, they um, a lot of them can't study. So um, if they're sponsored, they can stay in the houses um, and re uh, go to university and receive that education. So, um, yeah, I think the thing that, um, I guess, uh, touched me, uh, yeah, one of the greatest things that um, yeah, spoke to me was that it's quite similar to uh, what we do in Ablaze. So we're empowering the, the next generation so that you guys can be the leaders for the next generation. And that's what they do. Um, in the one two one residential houses, they're empowering these young people. Um, a lot of them, when they come in, they're not Christians, but because of the environment they're surrounded in, they actually end up becoming Christians. And I met a guy who, um, you know, he came in recently, and um, he was a Buddhist. He's from a Buddhist family. Um, yeah, and yeah, basically didn't know about God. Um, he was in the houses for you know a couple of months, and then he said just because of the community, um, he could experience God's love. And then um, yeah, he accepted um, God into his life. So I was just really amazed. And I met another girl who, um, yeah, she's a leader of one of the residential houses. So um, basically what they do is um, they have volunteers coming like us um, from overseas and they, um, you know, help look after them and provide food. And, um, yeah, just um, uh, they learn how to, um, you know, live daily life and, you know, pick up skills with, um, you know, how to live um, as a normal adult. Um, and... Yeah, this girl was saying, um, she was a leader at the house, and she was saying how, um, you know, she's finishing up her uh, nursing studies really soon at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, she basically, I mean, she could stay in the capital Phnom Penh and, you know, find a good job and be happy, but she's actually thinking, um, she thinks that God is wanting her to go back home um, to her home um, little village uh, where it's a very poor community, and she wants to go back home um, and, you know, help out there. So uh, you can really see that... Um, you know, God is using um, these young people, rising them up as leaders so that they can affect the change um, within their individual communities. And when you hear the stories of the people, um, these guys, it's just, yeah, it's really heartbreaking, some of the stories. But then, um, yeah, a lot of them, some of them, their parents have died from HIV. Um, that's why, you know, they've got no money. And, yeah, like when you go out there and just see um, the need and, yeah, just the desperation of the people, it, it really is... Um, 
yeah, you just really have to go out there and see it for yourself, I guess. But, um, yeah, just to see that God is doing something um, um, in this place, it's just been really encouraging. And um, I think, yeah, just in summary, um, yeah, we so we went to a lot of random places and um, it I think it gave us, like when I went, before I went to missions, I was kind of sceptical of, you know, um, yeah, of missions and, you know, how effective is it really, um, you know, donating a child, I thought, you know, I was doing my bit, um, you know, donating a sponsored child back at home, um, but it's really hard to see what it's like uh, unless you go out there and have a look for yourself, um, but I was just so encouraged to see so many different organisations and how effective they really are, and the, the main thing is um, the overall holistic care um, of the person, not only just the physical need, not only just the spiritual, but the overall care, um, and yeah, it yeah, God really spoke to us um, about mission, um, how it's not, um, you know, just a, a short-term thing, but, you know, when you think about doing something, you always have to think about, you know, will it sustain and um, how is it going to work in the long run? If it's not going to work in the long run, then, you know, what's the point of kind of doing it? Um, and also, yeah, I think, um, as I was saying before, um, yeah, one of the main things is that, um, yeah, I think you, as I was saying, you really have to go out there and see it for yourself um, because, yeah, when you just... Um, yeah, when you just go there and, um, yeah, just see the conditions that people live in and just see the brokenness, um, of the people, it's, yeah, like, God, yeah, you just, um, I guess you're just so thankful for, um, what you have here, um, yeah, I think we, we don't realise, um, how much, um, we have, uh, un until we go out there and see the real need and see what the world is really like, I think, um, we're so, um, sheltered here, Many times I, you know, I'm so oblivious to the things of the world, but um, when you go out there and, and see it with your own eyes, um, and yeah, I think um, God really reminded me that um, we have so much back at home, and there's there's so much more that we can do. You know, there's so much, um, there, yeah, there's such a, a better way that we can use our time, our finances, um, and yeah, it, I think He just reminded us that um, yeah, we really have to have that that missional. Um, perspective that missional mindset and it starts with us having it every single day of our lives it's not just a once-off thing where we just do you know that one trip a year but every single day you know surrendering our lives to God asking God God what is your will for my life and when we align ourselves with God um, lay down our dreams for him um, he will allow align ourselves with um, his purpose so yeah it's, it's just been um yeah really great trip I think um yeah we expected it to be different but God blessed us in so many other ways. So, yeah, really encourage you guys if you have the opportunity to um, get out there um, and experience it for yourself.